0: What happened to the easter bunny when he misbehaved at school i don't know he was egg spelled <laughs> did you hear about a lady whose house was infested with easter eggs no she had to call the eggs terminator
1: <laughs> how did the soggy easter bunny dry himself with a hair dryer
0: <laughs> <laughs> how do bunnies stay healthy egg <laughs> that's the best where does the easter bunny get his eggplants from his <laughs> So no, I would just say the
1: answer.
0: Where does the Easter money get his eggs from? Eggplants. Wow, you Hi, Beck. Hello. Thank you for coming in on Easter weekend to share with us a little bit about Easter. Yay. So fun to do this special episode. To
1: start off with, why is Easter an important event to discuss and unpack in today's society? Well, I think, first of all, Easter is important, full stop. So 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14 actually says, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. Christianity isn't Christianity if Mm. this didn't happen. So Easter in itself is so important, but I think it's important for us to talk about today because so often we can get to Easter and just celebrate it as a once a year. Oh yeah, that's cool. That's a fun thing to remember. But I actually think if we look at what happened, if we look at the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, it would change how we live. And I think it's so important that we explore it and then we talk about it so that it's not just something that we think about once a year, but we actually live as Christ followers through this understanding. What does the Bible tell us about Easter? So, so much. If you look for it, the happenings of Easter are all throughout the Bible. Obviously, the Gospels, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all describe what happened. But if that's all that we look for, you'll only ever see a glimpse of what Easter is. So it starts in the Old Testament, and there are various points where the Old Testament points towards the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. Verses like Isaiah 53, verse 5 say, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. There are so many verses in the Old Testaments that are prophetic of Jesus and his cross. In addition to the Gospels, the New Testament is also scattered with scriptures that talk about Easter as well. Verses like Romans 5 verse 8 that say, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And verse 19 that says, For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners. So also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. So these are just a few examples of where Easter is mentioned in the Bible. The Bible is absolutely drenched with the message of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. so many of us love easter beck what do you actually love about easter so before i talk about what i love about easter i just wanted to say that because easter is everything the worst thing that i could do today would be to try and explain it all so if you think about it easter is kind of like an onion there are so many layers to it but if i tried to talk about it all today you'd be left with pretty much nothing useful so i want to just talk about four parts of the easter story that i love and kind of talk about them briefly In the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26, it tells us that three times Jesus actually prayed and asked if there was any other way that God's will would, would be done other than him dying. We can see that the cross wasn't something that Jesus was excited about. He wasn't looking forward to it and being like, yes, like this is going to be awesome. Rah, rah, rah. He actually dreaded it. He was actually God, if there is any other way, but at the end of the day, may your will be done. The cross was a brutal thing and he knew that. Yet Hebrews 12 verse 2 tells us that for the joy set before him he endured the cross and I think it's amazing that the joy before him was us our reconciliation with God Mm. was that joy he chose to die he could have brought angels down to rescue him he could have changed it all but he didn't Mm. he willingly chose to give up his life for us and so that we could know him too it's
0: like an ultimate love story really yeah that's exactly
1: what it is yeah in a nutshell yeah Then John 19 verse 30 says, When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This is one of my favorite Bible verses. I love the finality and the prophetic nature of it is finished. It's like, that's it. Full stop. No further conversation. At that moment, the debt of sin was paid for all. Redemption and salvation for man was now complete. The law that had once required sacrifice for forgiveness had been satisfied once and for all. There was no more talking about what needed to be done. It was done. Everything was done. I heard an analogy in a sermon once, and I'm going to change it slightly. I think it's super helpful if we think of it as if God has invited us to this amazing party, and the one requirement is that to get in, we have to be wearing clean white clothes we spend hours getting ready we are so excited for this party like it's going to be the party of the century we have our clean white clothes on and it's great we're so excited but then on the way to the party we find this puddle of mud and was like oh i actually really love playing in mud sometimes let's go play in that for a bit. And then we finish playing in that puddle of mud. And then on the way, the further we walk, the more dirty our clothes get. And it's like, we finally get to the house. We get to the place where God's hosting this party. And Jesus comes out and we realize that we're dirty. And it's like, oh my goodness, our clothes, like we can't come in. What's going to happen? The one requirement is that we're wearing clean white clothes and we're covered from head to toe in dirt. What do we do? And then Jesus, in that moment, he looks at us and he says, hey, I have an idea. Let's swap clothes. And so he gives us his perfectly white clothes and takes our dirty rags so that we can get into the party. And that's exactly what he does on the cross. He takes our place. He pays the price so that we can enjoy the cross and salvation and know him. Another thing I love about Easter is found in Mark 15, verse 37 to 38. And it says, With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This verse is super important and revolutionary when you understand what it means. You see, in the New Testament times, the temple wasn't like our churches are now. There was an outer court where everyone was allowed, women, children, men, anyone could go there. But then there was another section which was called the inner court and only the men were allowed in there. But then there was one more court and that was called the Holy of Holies and that's where the presence of God dwelt. Only the high priest was allowed in there and only ever once a year. Before he entered he had to undergo this massive process of becoming ceremonially clean and if he didn't do it right he would die when he entered God's presence. Whenever the priest entered they would tie a rope around his waist so that if he died they would be able to pull him back out. The thing that separated the inner court and the Holy of Holies was this thick curtain. But this verse in Mark tells us that when Jesus died, that curtain was torn into. The thing that had separated humanity from the presence of God was torn. It was split in two. It's almost as if in that moment, the presence of God, which is once contained, was released and flooded the earth. And that's such an awesome reminder that because of what Jesus did, we now have full access to God. He's everywhere. We don't have to go through a priest to get to him. We don't need to do all of these things to talk to him. Because of what Jesus has done, his presence is around us and we can access it any day, any time, anywhere. The final thing that I love about the Easter story is that Jesus rose again. All of the Gospels talk about Jesus rising again. Luke 24 in particular tells of two women going and looking for Jesus and angels meeting them and saying, Why do you look for the living among the dead? he is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was with you, that the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. This is amazing. The fact that Jesus rose again shows that our sins did not overcome him. They weren't enough to keep him in the grave. The price for our salvation was paid when Jesus died. If you think about it, the worst thing that can happen in life is for us to die. But The fact that Jesus rose from the dead shows us that that isn't something that we need to fear anymore. There is now no longer fear in life or death because Mm -hmm. Jesus has completely overcome. This is such a hope for us. And I think if we understand it, it will really change how we live. It's almost as if even though we might face suffering and trials right now, we know that the battle is won. You know, we are living it out. We're living in the now, but not yet. Jesus has won, the battle is over and we are just living out that victory and one day we will be united with him in glory. Yes, bad things happen. Our God is greater. Our God defeated death. The biggest enemy of all is nothing compared to him and we get to stand in that victory with him. Beck, before we finish
0: today, you've shared some awesome things about Easter. Is there any final words that you'd love to share with us about this whole
1: Easter story? Yeah, absolutely. As I've said, Easter is amazing. But I think it's so important that we don't just celebrate Easter at Easter time. Luke 22, verse 12 to 20 says, And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So basically, this verse is communion. That's why we take communion. That's why we celebrate communion. We do it so we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made, that he gave his body body for us his body was broken for us and his blood was spilled for us and to cover our sins and I think it would suck we read these things and we listened to things like this podcast and we talked about easter one day a year Mm. but then we never thought about it until the next easter or even until the next time we did communion i really think that that would break god's heart yes he has won the battle but sometimes we live in a way as if we don't believe that and i think when we explore easter when we truly learn to understand it we get to celebrate this every day you know imagine if you woke up and it's like my god is risen my sins are paid there is nothing on earth that can stop me. There is nothing on earth that is greater than Jesus.
0: Beck, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's awesome to be encouraged and inspired to realize the importance of the Easter story, but to not just leave it there at Easter, but to think about it the entire year through. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week. Oh, 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 oh.